Hello and welcome to Two Bros Talking Sports Podcast. This is episode 12. Uh, I'm your host, Sam, along with my stepbrother, Travis, as always. And this show is probably going to pack a, a pretty small punch. Um, it is filled after a week of uh, a little bit of frustration, I guess, in the sense that, you know, they dangled the formats and they dangled the dates of startup and only to show, you know, COVID coming back into the room saying, hey, you guys forgot about me um, and making its presence known. But Travis, how's your week gone so far and anything you've heard, followed, looking forward to, kind of bummed out about what's on yeah. your mind? No, week's been good. I think, like you said, there's been some trickling out. More news is coming out with both the NBA and NHL slowly but surely as we get closer to those perceived start dates. Um, MLB is a dumpster fire, as we've talked about in the past couple weeks. Um, But again, like you said, COVID's kind of creeping back up, and that's just going to be the reality of the situation for every sport, including the NFL when they come around to their season. So it is. Yeah. There's light light on news this week. Definitely a light news week from sports. Yes, light on news. You know, while we're recording this on Sunday, um, we're led to believe, or we've seen some reports that potentially uh, MLB players are voting on uh, the format that the uh, the ownership in, the, in baseball has put across as far as the 60 games go. We've heard a little banter. This has been the biggest roller coaster um, storyline, but also I feel like we've had so much happen, but at the same time, zero happen. And so let's dive into MLB first because we had a, again, an eventful week um, that has led to kind of nothing so far. So fill us in on what's going on here. Uh, the formats that was in place, um, maybe some of the, the uh, roadblocks that now have shown up with, uh, you know, Phillies and, and Blue Jays camps with COVID and, and all of this stuff going on. Tell us what you know, what you've seen. So I think the best way to put the Major League Baseball in the last three weeks in a nutshell has been, one side saying, how about this? The other side saying, no, but how about this? And then just going in a circle. I think there was, what, three different proposals from each side in the span of three weeks. Um, and then it's, it is confusing if you're a, a sports fan. Basically, the MLBPA left it as, we are not going to counter-propose what you put across the table. Almost meaning, like, that made it seem like, all right, cool. They're in agreement, but in actuality, it's basically saying, that we're, not, we're done negotiating with this situation. Um, you saw which is interesting to me if you don't mind me interrupting it's like yeah. they from what we understand is they they legit had a like sit down and they came to an agreement as yeah. far as proposal and, and I think it's important to know that um, you know the players you know where I'm, I'm hoping people are, are gonna hesitate to put all the blame on the players it's easy to blame them because of the faces of baseball um, and it's easy to blame the top players because we know that they're making the mega million dollar deals that they've rightfully earned. And that has a lot to play with this. Um, but for the most part, they've led discussions based on salary first um, players. A lot of them are just asking, Hey, give us an idea of what you're thinking as far as scheduling goes. Give us an idea of how this works with our family, all of those things. And then let's figure out and nail down the details with, um, you know, is there going to be prorated? Are we going to be making full rate salary through, through the games that we're playing? Um, but I want you to also understand that these players, especially the ones that are out front, the, the, the ones who get the limelight, the stars of each team, they're, they're the, the minority that's battling for 
the, the majority that is not making the mega millions, that is hoping to get as much of that pay as they can because um, just the fact, the statistics, statistics, easy for me to say, show that they're not making those millions of dollars. So yeah, it's easy to go after some of these outspoken players, but they're just voicing for the rest of the league and the minors. Um, but yeah, so let's kind of backtrack a little bit real quick. So from my understanding in March, they agreed on sort of a lump sum. I think you mentioned what was 150, 150 million to be split out. Yeah. Yep. Which yeah. to be split out, which is not 40. a lot of money when there's this many players, you figure it's 40 per roster. Exactly. So I had a friend ask me, you know, this might be a stupid question and it wasn't It actually was a complicated question. Are the players going to get paid if they don't play? And so there's, yes, it's sort of like meal money. If you ever played college or high school sports and you went on a trip and you got meal money, it's supposed to last you the full day of meal, but like, honestly, it lasts you maybe one meal worth, you know? Um, so there's that. So they're trying to fight for, okay, let's, if we're going to play, if we're going to salvage the season, at least let's get paid for it. And then there's the other discussion too, where there's been a lot of reports and weird phrases of the MLB reporting that they're going to lose $4 billion in revenue. And that's, that's a little bit misleading because how it actually is, at least my current understanding, because I dived into it. Um, yes, they're going to, they're calculating the, the projected. So this is projected. This is the $4 billion loss that they're saying is them projecting into the future saying we're not going to make $4 billion um, that we would usually make with fans and concessions and all of those things. So they're still going to be making a lot of money. We know that with, uh, you know, marketing, all of this stuff, um, TV deals, but they're just going to be making that much less, which is a huge chunk of money, but it's not necessarily operating in loss. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, they're still going to be making a lot of money. They signed like a $1 billion agreement to continue their baseball, you know, their um, TV contract. So there's definitely a big pool of money, but it's, it's unfortunate. I was talking to my accounts about this, you know, sports and all we've been talking about the past couple of weeks is leagues coming back or looking at what the NFL may look like when they come back, whereas major league baseball, there's been nothing about COVID related stuff, even though you're seeing spring training facilities across the country shut down because of the, the you know, COVID situation. Um, everything in the news has been purely financial. Which, one, to start, when all this came out, bad luck. Countries in probably one of the worst recessions ever. And these guys are griping about money. Um, but, again, they're coming from a place where, you know, this is their livelihood. Yes, some of these guys make wealth or income that is, like, generational, the amount of money they make. But um, it, it's a very unique situation for the Major League Baseball, and it's a poor look. I mean, you see guys like Carl Ravitch and Tim Kirchner on ESPN who are like, you can see them sometimes. You watch sports and like they are clearly frustrated that the situation hasn't been resolved and baseball is not playing anymore. Um, it's interesting that you say that because that maybe more so than any other sports coverage and you know analysts and all of that. Um, I, obviously, collectively, <laughs> you, you turn on ESPN or you watch people who report on um, their their specific sport. They're bummed, you know. Obviously, they they want to see sport back as a fan um, and you know and a career. But I feel like baseball, you just see, yeah, like you said, Carl Ravage. Um, I actually saw Peter Gammons tweet something out. Like, they're truly sad. And, yeah. um, and it's wearing on them. And they're so bummed that there can't be a deal. Um, I don't, you and I don't remember 
uh, the 94 lockout. Um, you know, obviously we've had our, our share of lockouts. We remember the NHL, um, what, which, you know, in hindsight would have been cool to see Ovechkin play a full year of get statistics and add to his goal count. But I digress. Um, we saw the disappointment where hockey was our, our favorite sport growing up and to see that it wasn't working out. Uh, Hey, the good news is that it came back. The bad news is that was a really tough blow. So yeah, I see, um, you know, I guess it's helpful that all the other sports are in the same scenario, trying to do their best, um, where it's not just one of them, uh, disagreeing, but it's, it's, it would be such a sad thing not to see baseball happening throughout the summer. Yeah, for sure. It, I agree. Um, and I don't know if it's going to happen. We, we left off this segment with – or started the segment off with the Major League Baseball players. are supposed to be voting on the proposal today. But then, you know, the news came out today, and you and I were talking about this before we started recording, that Manfred, who right now I think probably has a worse reputation than Roger Goodell. Hard to do. Um, but he basically could, I guess, make the executive decision that he's going to mandate – Season gets played. I'm going to set the schedule. And this, this again, touches nothing upon the fact, where are they going to play? You know, like, what's the roster shape going to look like? What are the safety precautions going to be? Are you going to have an umpire behind the plate? Is it going to be an, an automated thing? Like, how the hell is the freaking – the league's going to play? Like, how is it going to happen? Um, so, I don't know how that's going to work. But, again, you're also seeing Manfred kind of say, like, if you don't play in 2020 – all these agreements for 2021, which, you know, the, the DH in both leagues for another season, extended playoffs, those are off the table. It's just like these negotiating tactics are just – they're all three of them just like the MLBPA, MLB player – or MLB owners and Manfred just need to get in the room, start at 7 a.m., don't leave until 5 until you have something in place because it's just like back and forth stuff's not working anymore for the league. I just think that you're seeing the, the extremes play out where, as you just mentioned – as far as a commissioner goes, uh, Manfred is, you know, definitely, as you said, rivaling uh, maybe Goodell as far as uh, the, the dislike. Luckily, Goodell has the product of football to help. Um, yeah. Baseball has been always every, – every year um, in the offseason has been a hot topic of how can we change the game to attract viewers, attract young people. Um, and – I guess you see the complete opposite of this in basketball. And it all, it all comes down to trust in my eyes. You know, uh, you look at Adam Silver, who's developed trust with his players that even within disagreements and maybe some uh, uh, differences in beliefs of if they should be playing the season, if not, at least those can be voiced and it can be built off of the trust that there was already um, withstanding. In this case, now it just sounds like, you know, dad who's you know it wants you better do this and it's based off of no no trust that's there no like no love for the players it's just it's one side versus the other I, I just don't see how that's going to come to resolution no no matter how many good positive in the right steps uh you know stories that we've seen come out this past week as far as format and agreement um I, i'm just a really nervous that players aren't going to get behind this no, I mean, I'm not confident that baseball is going to be played this year. And if it is, it's just going to be like, I don't know. It's not a good look yeah. right now for baseball on the whole. They're well, let's shake this out. I don't want to go. 
I don't want to go to a negative light here. You know, there is some positive, I think, coming. Uh, we can move on to some of the other leagues that we've had some optimism for for a few weeks now. It has been a little bit on hold. We have seen in the NHL, you know, a little bit of the COVID spikes with the Lightning, which again, Austin Matthews, a star player. Um, and, and also in the, in the NBA, we're seeing, you know, okay, is the plan really going to work? The bubble plan going to work in Orlando with spikes going on around there. So uh, let's dive into NHL next, just because that's the first thing I mentioned. Um, any news stories that's been coming out of that? Um, what have you heard? Yeah, so NHL still planning to come back. Um, the most recent news, again, they've probably been the slowest with trickle of information. They had their big announcement that was a you know televised thing planned out. Um, whereas the NBA, you have you know Woj and Shams kind of dropping everything before the NBA can even announce it. So the most recent thing which came out. Friday, Friday, yeah, Friday, um, basically saying that teams will play an exhibition game. I don't know how that's going to work, whether they're just going to, like, say the Bruins play whoever. Um, an exhibition game is kind of like a tune-up game, if you will, either the 23rd or 24th of July, which is a month from now, pretty much. So that's kind of nuts. Um, and then the playoffs are scheduled to start June 30th, or July 30th, sorry. So – Basically, from July 30, 24th to the 30th, you know, you probably got what, five, six days there. I'm assuming that is when you'll see the best of five series play out between the five to 12 seeds. Um, and then from there, you know, you'll kind of get your, your top eight for the NHL. Um, remembering that fact, during that time period, one through four are going to be playing round-robin style seeds, which I don't know how competitive that's going to be for some teams. I think some teams probably, like, if I'm the four seed and the four seed, I have to trust them a better team than the team I'm playing against. But it is very, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, that it's very advantageous to get the top overall seed this year in the playoffs, particularly for the fact that they're going to reseed every round. So you're always, at least the first two rounds, you know, you, you know, you may not have a murderer's row where like the Bruins would have played like Toronto, which they own Toronto historically in the playoffs, but that's still a challenging opponent. And then maybe you end up playing Tampa next round just because the way things shake out. Whereas now, you'd play the lowest seed, the, you know, the start or first round and then the quarterfinals and then come the actual conference finals. That's where you'd probably really have a big challenge, depending on how the whole bracket shakes out. But the other thing, NHL, and we've talked about this too, they have not announced whether they're going to play. They kind of had those list of hub cities, but that has not been announced. And I'm assuming that's going to get announced soon. I don't think that's going to be like a week beforehand all right, this is where they're going. I'm assuming that's going to be announced well beforehand, just like the NBA's had to do and shown fans what it's going to look like for these. I players. agree with that. I think that's something we can look maybe forward to this week um, and then, or early week um, because they have to at some point. If the plan is to stay on track with the, the dates that they put out initially, um, again, these are human beings, these, these athletes, and they have families. They have to arrange the teams the the management everything has to get things in place and to go and build off of your point about the seeding i think we're even is even more uh imperative to get that one seed maybe for the bruins side of things um not only is it in a perfect world makes sense like at least for the first two uh matchups you might give yourself a really advantageous position on top of covid on top of this, because it, it just seems like it's, you know, we, we hope that the, the uh, testing and, and, and the, the team doctors, if all this stuff is really, really top-notch in place, 
but you know, if Austin Matthews can can get it and test positive, like that could come into play in a seven game oh, series, true. and you need your best player out there. And what happens if you know your your goalie, or what happens if something like that? You know, th- those are things that you can't predict, which would make this as a fan unbelievably interesting to watch, and also. Um, as a diehard Bruins fan, you know, a little bit scary if it's happening to your team. So um, those are things that are going to factor in as well as um, what you would see in the NBA is uh, even at a much larger uh, under the microscope moment too. Yeah. And they haven't announced either from the NHL perspective, but I know the NBA has announced that they're going to expand rosters by two players, which comparison sake, that that's a large number by any accounts. It'd be like the NBA or NFL adding five players to a roster. Um, yeah. So I'm assuming the NHL will do something similar to that too. Um, whether I don't know if, uh, yeah, I, I mean maybe they are able to carry because typically you know you're able to carry up to 22 skaters in your roster and only 18 dress. Um, I'm assuming they'll be able to carry more for that fact that there may be some positive tests and you're gonna have to put someone in there uh, versus being shorthanded. Yeah, but I'm dreaming because you we, we talked about this um, this week where you got to think that when, if, if the green light is given, like completely given, you know, right now we're at that yellow light. It's like proceed with caution, right? If we get that green light and does come back, we're going to have a lot of games in a short amount of time. Meaning at least from the West coast, I am so pumped to have the potential to wake up at like 9am and there's playoff hockey on and everything just feels right in the world. The frustration is all day. Yeah, and the frustration, those moments that might pop up once or a couple days, you know, it's just going to be helpful. It's alleviating uh, to think about this. So if it were to happen, it would be amazing. So let's jump over to the NBA because I think they're sort of moving in tandem um, as far as where they are in their season and where they're trying to wrap things up. Um, What are we looking at NBA? What storylines have we heard? Um, Obviously, there's been a lot going from – not just COVID, not just um, figuring out format, but also with, you know, the players who are, who are um, you know, aligning with their beliefs and their core values. And, and if playing makes sense to them for their, their, um, their influence and, and, and being able to promote with their, you know, Black Lives Matter or what, whatever it is, if, if they think maybe playing is the best way to do that or maybe not playing. So we have a lot that's going on in the NBA. Um, fill us in there. Yeah, so – Wednesday, June 24th is the date that players basically need to let it be known to their teams that they will be playing or they will not be playing. Um, this could be reasons, you know, absent, you know, health risks. I do think that if it's a health risk, it does need to be by a medical professional. It's not just you saying, you know, I'm diabetic, but it's not really recorded anywhere that I'm diabetic, so I'm, like, at risk. Um, it does need to come with a medically backed you know, notes saying like, you know, they are at risk and this is why they should not be involved in this, especially in Florida right now. That's the big issue now. Florida is just going off the wall with COVID cases. Um, but that's kind of the next piece for the NBA. And then July 7th is when players are supposed to report to Orlando. That's two weeks from Tuesday. So that's kind of the start of the NBA being, being back, not coming back, but actually being back. You know, they're not having all these guys come just for July 9th to hit and like 10 people get diagnosed and they call it a quits. Um, you know, they, they have the plans in place, the 113 or 106 page manual. Um, you know, how everything and anything, someone gets diagnosed, this is where they go. This is how they need to do or how many tests they need to 
be negative four to come back and play. Um, so there's a lot there. There's a lot to unpack with the NBA, but by all accounts, you know, there are obviously, I think the NBA is one of the most public leagues. You know, it's, you know, NBA, NBA offseason is like a soap opera. Um, so in the same sense, you're seeing that play out with how much information is trickling out to the fan base and the general public about what, what it's going to look like. Whereas, you know, we've discussed the NHL, you kind of move in silence. You don't really hear anything, and then it's 4 o'clock on Tuesday. We're going to tell you exactly what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. Um, whereas the NBA, you hear these things coming out every single day. There's more and more news trickling out from sources, um, quote-unquote. And I guess it's encouraging for me, um, you know, with the, the spike of COVID, um, I think the, it, what's encouraging is that I, I really don't think Adam Silver would lead with, hey, I just want basketball back, so I'm going to say that it's good. I really think that he, he feels that they've gone into so much depth with the, the testing and player health and the setup of things that they're feeling like they've really planned to succeed. And um, so that's encouraging because, as I mentioned earlier in this, this episode, is I think there's a really strong, even though there might be differences of how they should finish up the season, if they should at all, if some players want to be on it, some players don't, I think it's all built out of some level of trust between the commissioner, commissioner himself and the players. Um, and, and maybe that's just because, like you said, it, there's just more access, there's um, less players on the teams, which is, I guess, a little easier to, to develop relationships. But um, at least that gives me a sign of, hey, uh, a little bit of reassurance, a little bit of positivity in that sense. And I, I would love nothing more than to um, see them really f- this week feel comfortable saying, hey, we're moving forward into doing this, seeing how the players feel about it. And again, no hard feelings, no penalties or no like – calling somebody out because deep down their belief is that they can make the most positive change by not playing. And, and that's the human, human side of sports that I, I truly love and I'm accepting. And it, it's just, you can oppose on certain issues, but still have a, a level of trust that um, can keep a relationship together. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Anything else you want to add on the NBA? No, I mean, like I said, Wednesday will be interesting. Well, who, It'll be interesting to see who does ultimately decide to not play um, and what that all affects. You know, what teams automatically can kind of rule them out because, say, Damian Lillard just decides to play, Portland might as well not show up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it does so. It does that there is a little bit of the competitive side of it where the top teams, a lot of players are saying that they're, you know, the key top players, you know, not to say that role players aren't key, but some of the, the lesser role players that might not play um, but the teams that are really in contention, it sounds like all the players are really reeling to get back and put an end to this. Um, so we'll see how that plays in the psychology too. But we have another sport, football, NFL. All seems to be a go until it's not, I guess. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of different different things happen. Hey, they even announced that they're going to be covering the L.A. teams for hard knocks this year. It's going to be tough if they don't have an off season <laughs> to have hard knocks. So yep. don't hold your breath on that one. But anything about NFL that you want to bring up? No, I mean, I think the only thing that's really come out is, you know, Anthony Fauci, who, for those of you that don't watch the news, um, you know, leading disease specialist, advisor to the president forever. Um, he basically said that they're going to do a similar situation like the NBA. That if they want to do a season, in his opinion, they're, they're going to have to operate in the bubble. I just don't know how they can do that for four months of a season. Seems very challenging to do. Uh, but you imagine they're having these conversations behind closed doors. They can't just, you know, 
come out six weeks from now, I'm like, oh no, wait, we're actually affected by what's happening in the country with COVID. Um, so you you would think that they're being very proactive with, you know, you've seen some of the prototypes for masks with, you know, covering their entire mouth to kind of eliminate that exposure. Look um, like Halo. It looks like Halo, and it looks yeah, really cool. Yeah, it is. It is pretty interesting. Um, but there is some interesting things they're going to need to figure out. Preseason's probably going to be shortened. Training camp may not even happen. You know. I don't know how that looks for like teams and undrafted free agents hardly ever make a huge splash, but you know, you, you find people that do make a pretty significant impact on your team and end up becoming an actual player. Those guys are going to suffer this year just because they're not going to have the same reps and exposure in front of coaching staff and actually live reps to see what they look like. But um, you know, that that's coming up hot here too. It's, you know, it's going to be 4th mm -hmm. of July in a, two weeks from now, not even. And uh, they're going to have to figure out some stuff here. Because yeah, there's so many unknowns. There's so much unknown as far as what the quality will look like when it comes back again, based on player participation, COVID testing, um, you know, all of these things, uh, what, who they allow on, as far as rosters go. Um, it, it's just, it, we're never going to experience another time. I hope we never experience another time like this. Um, I was, uh, this is so crazy. I know we've talked about this on our first time that we chose, the only, you know, this time where sports were put on hold to start our sports podcast, but you know, we've gone our whole entire life. And as soon as we started to, to want to do this sports podcast for the first time, everything was put on hold, like for yeah. everything. And so, um, I guess a question I'll ask you, uh, is again, based on the decisions, knowing if players some certain players don't want to you know play or know knowing that if certain what what's your your feeling are you just as a fan are you just really excited would you be would you be really excited to get any type of sporting uh format back or do you think a lack of of quality because of maybe the the complete commitment of uh, everything or maybe just the lack of having the ability to get all the players out of there on once, do you think that would hurt your viewership um, as a fan? No. I mean, if NBA comes back in some fashion, I'm watching. This what I mean, they were showing, like, best baseball games of all time on TV this weekend. Like, this is great. Watch Madison Baumgartner throw his, you know, five-inning. Basically, it was a win, not a save. It was a save, but it was a win. Um, to win the World Series. This is the most insane feat. I remember that. I mean, it was only like six years ago, but it was a crazy feat. Um, it's cool to watch and rewatch, but now it's like, all right, well, that's over. Now I just want like an actual Celtics play at seven tonight. Can't wait situation. Yeah. Um, so I think everyone in this country is in dire need of sports just for one, the entertainment factor and just, you know, the fandom and rallying around people, kind of supporting a common cause, if you will. Um, mm. It will, I don't know if you saw it too. This, kind of off topic but an interesting tidbit mark cuban um uh, was saying that the nba is kind of looking at different modalities to potentially like hypothetically speaking rather than say micing up all the players and having no crowd noise you know having apps that can be offered to people in their homes to use to kind of pump in crowd noise from the house from homes you know viewership pumping that into the stadium. So like, you know, big three. I did not see that. I did yeah, not see so that. big three, you know, you, maybe you have like a bunch of screaming fans, you know, they have their phone playing through Alexa or something, or like Alexa apps recording what they're doing, something like that. 
Um, well, I've always thought like, we're not. I've always thought we're not far off from like VR, where that's coming into play. You know, oh, having access like, to pay for a service where you're wearing VR from courtside. And what yeah, was, that, what was the channel? It was, no, it was a commercial like a couple years ago. It was like Jonah Hill and Adam Levine like talking mm-hmm. and like sitting courtside. But realistically, they're both sitting in the living room with the VR headset sitting courtside. They're making um, like that is something that's definitely not too far off. I agree. Um, but like it would create a different factor. I don't know how they would like, you know, choose this household versus this household. Or like, you know, all the, the app would kind of synthesize all these people's reactions to like a big shot at the end of a game. Like imagine the Kawhi Leonard shot last year where it's just like, and then goes in, but then there's no one in the crowd cheering it. The whole moment, it was a crazy, crazy shot and crazy moment. But the whole moment was made by like the fact that every single person was standing up with like their hands in their mouth and then it hit and like the whole place went nuts. Like yeah. if that, that moment's not the same, if there's not fans in the stands, you don't have that crowd. Exactly. And, I, and I've been sort of taken back to thinking like, those special moments like that, you know, obviously that's one of the biggest things that you can see in sport is the last second, you know, game winner fade away or, or whatever that may be. For me, the moment that you just can't replace um, is just the sound, the crack of the bat of a home run, you know, and, and it's just so weird that that's not something, especially um, on Father's Day. First off, I was going to close it out, but I do want to say happy Father's Day to any fathers who are listening to this or soon to be fathers um but that's a special moment how many amazingly cool moments have we seen on father's day across the sports uh you know landscape between baseball guys hitting home runs um for their dad or you know tiger winning in a tournament for his dad or um you know whatever it may be uh Le- lebron I-, I can't remember if they won the series against the golden state warriors if that was his blocking whatever it may be, but like, this is a special time that um, you just can't replace it with anything. So we hope, we hope that uh, something, but I like that idea from Mark Cuban. Um, yeah. And that it would be like, interesting. Yeah. So I think we wrap it up here, man. I said, pack a punch at first, just cover things. Uh, there was supposed to be Talladega on today. It got rained out. It's going to be tomorrow. Um, probably when this, this will come out. Uh, Anything you want to close it off with? Anything you want to send the, the listeners? No, like off I with? said, hopefully there's some more news this week that's positive and not just kind of the Debbie Downer style of news um, that this this past week kind of brought with everything and you know calamitous stuff going on in the country and that kind of in in return players still talking about sitting out and um, you know NHL once again you really don't hear anything about NHL and they're probably going to just gonna be a quiet league that comes back and just finishes their season. It's going to be great. Um, it's going to be very entertaining television. But it is fun to think that, you know, four weeks from now, sports could be, like, pretty much back on TV. So, and yeah. in proliferation. It's not just going to be like, oh, there's a game on tonight. There's going to be multiple games on every single day. Yeah, so I both crossing both fingers, knocking on all the wood around me right now for that to be true. Uh, but with that, I think we close off uh, episode 12. We made it, man. That was my old – that was my, my number uh in hockey growing up but so great number jerome aginla wasn't the reason i picked it but first guy i just thought of well anyways we're gonna close up episode 12 um in the weekend we hope everyone's having a great ha- uh, father's day spending time maybe with some family or at least getting some quality phone time zoom time um 
And we look forward to talking to you and catching you up with sports next weekend. So until then, thank you so much. I'm Sam. This is Travis. This is two, uh, two bros talking sports podcast.